Well, good morning, everyone. It is my <laughs> is my privilege and um, fear to be before you all this morning. My first time preaching on Christmas, so thank you, Jason, for uh, for entrusting this to me. Um, so. Just so thankful to see all your faces here and also online. We're so grateful that you've chosen to celebrate uh, this morning with us. This is our third Sunday in Advent and in our uh, series called Birth Pangs. We've been focusing each week on how God's hope comes alive in us. Much like the process of pregnancy leading to birth, this can be a metaphor of how hope begins to grow in us. This morning, we'll be talking about how hope is actually born within our pain. Sometimes the pain we experience is necessary for hope to grow. Pastor Shirley and Pastor January did a wonderful job connecting the first two trimesters of pregnancy to our spiritual journey of conceiving and developing hope throughout our lives. Today, we'll be looking at the third trimester of pregnancy, including the pinnacle, birth. The joys of the third trimester, the viability of the baby, uh, increasing connection between mother and baby, the excitement at the baby's arrival, sometimes those are overshadowed by the struggles of the third trimester, discomfort at the growing size of the baby, Difficulty with sleep, potential health risks to the mother and the baby, and of course, increasing anxiety at the birth itself. Pregnancy is a great example to us of how pain is usually involved in hope. To see the hope come to fruition usually involves some kind of pain in the process. My first pregnancy was very much like this. I have loved kids since I can remember, and I always, always wanted to be a mother. I actually always wanted to have four kids, and um, God granted that. (laughs) (laughs) But my first pregnancy, um, it was a dream come true for me to be able to start our family. I was full of hope for this wonderful life that we would all have together. And then the morning sickness set in. And unlike January said last week, it's over in the second trimester. Mine was not. (laughs) I was sick all day for the entire pregnancy. And then when I started to feel the baby move, all of that vomiting, sorry, kind of seemed worth it, you know, because I felt I knew she was actually there. Well, then we found out we were having a girl and... um, the ultrasound tech also discovered some strange spots on the brain of the baby. So at one point, I was overjoyed that we were having, I was going to have a daughter, but I was also terrified at what could be happening with her, what could be wrong. So after two full weeks of worrying and lack of sleep, um, a follow-up ultrasound showed that they were just benign cysts. They're called chloride plexus cysts that are very common, and a lot of us probably have them, but the ultrasound tech didn't know that. So (laughs) after finding out that she was okay, my hope returned, 
with the baby showers and all the preparations and the childbirth classes and the excitement of her actually making her way. And then the contraction started. (laughs) And I will spare you all the gruesome details, but 18 hours later, after getting an infection and the baby showing distress, and I apologize if I'm scaring anybody here with childbirth, I just realized. I had to have an emergency C-section. And then more awful things happened, which I won't get into. And I had to be put under general anesthesia. And the baby went straight to the NICU after birth. So then after birth, I had complications. And I wasn't able to see her until 24 hours after delivery in the NICU. So this is the picture. very vulnerable sharing this with all of you. Um, This is the first moment that I got to see my daughter. Um, And you know, the minute that I laid eyes on her, I felt all the suffering of pregnancy and all the suffering of birth just melted into this pure joy, God's precious gift. And all the hope that I had had for our family kind of came back. Of course, the struggle of recovery and breastfeeding (laughs) and sleep deprivation made me lose hopefulness again. (laughs) But now my baby, Megumi, just turned 15. (laughs) And um, she's amazing. She's actually not that much taller than I am, but she was standing on her tippy toes. Um, (laughs) So there have been many ups and downs, as you can imagine since her birth, uh, times of fear, times of struggle, times of pain, but also moments of big joy. And I continue to have hope for her future as I bear witness to the amazing young lady that she is becoming. I can imagine that this mingling of hope and pain or suffering were very much the experience of Mary's pregnancy, her first pregnancy. As we read this birth narrative, I'd like you to pay attention to Mary's experience. When do you hear pain? When do you see hope piercing through the darkness of her suffering? I'm going to read Luke chapter two, verses one through seven. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Mary's story actually begins with hope. The promised Messiah has finally been announced. The Messiah is finally coming. God has not forgotten the promises that he made to his people. 
And in the midst of the hope of God's faithfulness, Mary discovers how this promise will actually come. To literally deliver God's hope into the world will set her on a journey of suffering like she'd never known before. She will be a pregnant, unwed teen. She will be the subject of whispers and rumors and alienation and rejection. She will have to risk losing her fiance over this news. She'll be bringing a child into the world at a time of Roman occupation, political tensions, and poverty. And now, Mary and Joseph have to travel to Bethlehem, a most uncomfortable and perilous journey for someone so close to giving birth. Mary sacrificed her reputation, her safety, her comfort, all for the hope that was to come. It's not hard to find pain and suffering in Mary's story. And yet, she willingly walked through that pain. The hope of God's promise that she was carrying is what sustained her. So where do we find hope in this passage? I think hope came to Mary in these little things that she experienced in the midst of all the hard stuff. A safe journey to Bethlehem. A place to stay when the town was so full, even though they were not five-star accommodations. A loving husband, and possibly other relatives who were around who assisted in the delivery. And above all, the safe arrival of this baby boy, the one that generations had hoped for. And the hope that he would actually be all that God had promised. Each of us have our own unique experiences of pain and suffering. Oftentimes, our pain will lead to grief. Grief is defined as the response to loss. It's usually referring to the death of someone that you had a very close, special bond with. But also, however, I think grief can be over things that haven't come to fruition that we were hoping for. It can also be over the loss of a relationship or a significant part of our life. I believe Mary experienced grief during her pregnancy. She might have been grieving the loss of her childhood, the loss of her independence, the loss of her good reputation, the loss of control that she might have felt over her own future. Even as God, as, sorry, even as Mary allowed God's hope for the world to be born in her, she still felt grief over all that she went through. Many of us have experienced significant loss in the last several years. You may be grieving the loss of a child, a spouse, a parent, a close friend, there are days when the grief just seems to like it will swallow you up. We may try to avoid the grief by keeping ourselves busy so we don't have to feel it. We may try to cover up the grief with things that only provide us temporary happiness, which still leaves us feeling more empty. Why do we try so hard to push it away? 
When my dad passed away four years ago, it was so hard for me to let myself cry. I had this fear that if I let my grief come to the surface, that it would be too overwhelming, that I wouldn't be able to actually emerge from my grief. Like the grief would kind of paralyze me and I wouldn't be able to function in my life. I couldn't ever find the right time (laughs) to let myself grieve. Um, Through seeing my therapist (laughs) regularly, it has provided me with these times that I have set aside that I know that I can grieve. But I still find myself trying to push it away. Um, I'm slowly getting better at letting myself go there. And when I do open myself up to the grief, it is overwhelming. And I'm afraid that I may never stop crying. But eventually, I am able to move away from the tears to a place of peace and function again. Mary was able to experience hope, grief, and pain all simultaneously. They're not mutually exclusive. I see it more of like a continuum. The human experience is full of joy and love, but also grief and pain. And hope is a gift from God. It's the ability to look to the future, to see new possibilities, to step out of our grief, even if it's just for a moment. Carrying hope makes a difference in our mental, our physical, our spiritual well-being. Even in the midst of grief, we can experience like a momentary spark of light in that darkness. The hope that we have is not merely wishes or desires that we have in this life. It's the hope that Jesus has come. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Without Emmanuel, our grief would feel endless, just sorrow after sorrow after sorrow. But God has come to be with us. We do not walk this life journey alone. God is with us. Henry Nouwen, a renowned author and priest and professor, writes a lot about hope. He says, our hope is not based on something that will happen after our sufferings are over, but on the real presence of God's healing spirit in the midst of those sufferings. Our hope is based on God's promise to be with us. Nowen also writes, hope is willing to leave unanswered questions unanswered and unknown futures unknown. Hope makes you see God's guiding hand, not only in the gentle and pleasant times, but also in the shadows of disappointment and darkness. I'm not going to lie, I have struggled a lot with hope these last few years, as I'm sure so many of us have. Some of you or your loved ones have been battling cancer Some of you feel physical pain or have experienced health changes that may seem permanent. Some of you experienced the incredible loss of someone dear to you. So how do we live as people with hope in our suffering? 
When our suffering and our grief is chronic with no promise of change, how can hope be born in our lives? Hope doesn't change our circumstances, but it sustains us through them. God's presence in our lives is constant and powerful. His guiding hand is there even when we don't see it. His love for us is so strong that no grief or pain could ever take that away. I think though that we wanna see tangible hope of healing and life and reconciliation and our dreams realized. We want answers, we want results, but we underestimate the power of the hope that comes from knowing Jesus and knowing his presence in our lives. We underestimate that Emmanuel gives us strength and perseverance and joy in the midst of our grief and our suffering. Especially in relation to the chronic pain that I experience daily, I feel like I've given up hope that anything can make it better. I have tried everything, even surgery, and nothing seems to help the pain that I carry. I remember telling the doctor who did my surgery recently in a follow-up visit that I was still in pain and was there any hope that this pain could be relieved still? And he looked at me and he said, there's always hope. There is always hope. Maybe my pain will never be healed, but I don't suffer alone. God loves me. He promises to stay with me. He suffers with me. He carries my burdens. And that is what gives me strength to sustain the journey. Let us pray. This is a prayer from Henry Nowen as well. Dear God, I am full of wishes, full of desires, full of expectations. Some of them may be realized, many may not. But in the midst of all of my satisfactions and disappointments, I hope in you. I know that you will never leave me alone and will fulfill your divine promises. Even when it seems that things are not going my way, I know that they are going your way and that in the end, your way is the best way for me. Oh Lord, strengthen my hope, especially when my many wishes are not fulfilled. Let me never forget your love. And Jesus, as we rejoice in your presence with us, we bring to you our pain and our suffering our grief, and our loss. Show us sparks of light in the darkness. Holy Spirit, envelop us with your love. Let us know your presence in a very real way. Amen.